Welcome to another episode of Terrell Paranormal Talk, where we discuss all things supernatural, weird, and unexplained. Join us for discussions on UFOs, ghost stories, paranormal investigations, strange monster sightings, psychic skills, and places of high strangeness. I'll leave you to one of our esteemed investigators hosting today, and perhaps you will leave a little wiser and a little closer to having your curiosity satisfied. We hope you enjoy today's show. Hey everybody, it is Brenda and Mary Jo from Carol Paranormal Talk, and we are glad to have you at our disposal for the next half hour or so. Uh, We are here at Mom's house. Say hi, Mom, <laughs> slash Mary Jo. Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about today? We're talking about whether or not your home is haunted. How to tell. Yes, how to tell and some of the different, you could call them symptoms, of a haunted house or a business. We know a little, little bit about that. We know we? some. We've had a little experience. <laughs> we have. We're investigators, so we've... Uh, We've encountered spirits in other people's homes, but uh, Brenda here has some personal experiences in her home. We we have some some paranormal times, like before a thunderstorm or before a big weather change. Mm-hmm. We will have like a flurry of activity, mm-hmm. and then you know I brought home that haunted doll and had some activity from that. So so maybe we should discuss why somebody's house would be haunted to begin with. Because it doesn't have to be an old home or old building. No, it does not. It just be the land. It right? could be the land or just the space. People leave energy impressions on space. And especially if you're in a location where there's a lot of um, tragedy or or on the reverse side, a lot of joy. Um, just high emotion in high general. Emotions. Yes, that can certainly lead to a haunting in, in later years. All right, so we also know that spirits can be attached to people, places, and things. So we've kind of talked a little bit about places. Just to talk about places a little bit more, historic downtown Terrell, for instance, we believe a lot of the hauntings that are there in those buildings were former business owners that they just come back, they visit, they're seeing what's going on in, in their own space. They were happy there. Yes. So it's like they just kind of come back. Yes, that was a thriving town early on. Uh, it was Cotton Town. And when the railroad then began to stop there, it just boomed. And these people had very successful Lots of activity. Not like that now, but that was a time when cotton was the, the premier commodity. Crop. Yes, yeah. in these small towns, especially. In- Actually, you had mentioned the railroad, and the railroad today there is still alive, and that's something that we often talk about. Can feed paranormal activity is a lot of live railroad track because it is able to toss out a lot of magnetic energy into the air which it is theorized those spirits can pick up that energy and use it to manifest. Yes, and that is a very busy railroad track. Mm-hmm. We have had recorders running overnight in some areas around town, and the train runs maybe 10 times all day, but during the night, it it's runs busy. every 10, 12 minutes. That's a lot of metal on metal. A lot of electromagnetic energy being thrown out there. It's just a little more than a block off of 
the main street that runs through downtown. Yes, through the historical historical Mm -hmm. district. You can just almost feel it. So they are attached to people as well. Grandma, Aunt Lillian, Crazy Uncle Pete. (laughs) Yes, there's any number of reasons for a person to be... uh, have an attachment of the spirit and and it could be a bad thing as well but uh that's that's pretty common and when that person moves one one location to another generally that spirit will go with them not so much if you have the attachment to your property and i think that's one reason why also if there's a lot of construction sometimes stir up spirits that belong to that place they don't like coloring or painting the walls or whatever. Yes, remodeling. Yes, that that can create a lot of yeah. activity. All right, so can we talk about things? Yes, one of the things I like to bring it to are musical instruments. Oh, yeah. Those are touched and handled and held so closely. By and so the often, usually. Yes, you know, it could be a piano or any other kind of instrument. Well, that, that's just, in musical instruments, yeah. that's just one example of a thing. It could be a mirror. It could be jewelry, jewelry, clothing. I heard about a leather jacket one time Yes, that was worn by somebody. And I've got a couple haunted objects in my house. I know you do. I Tell may us about purveyor them. of haunted objects if I can get them for the right price and a good story. Whether the story is true or not, I can't say, but... I did get a ventriloquist puppet, and this thing just spoke to me. He was really expensive and ugly, odd, but man, something about him. And he was sitting in a man's lap named Ben when he passed. He was an old man. He passed death from natural causes kind of death, so there wasn't anything violent with it or whatnot but the puppet was sitting in his lap and so the puppet's called little ben and i talked to little ben in the morning and i talked to little ben before night and if i forget i'll holler at my husband to give little ben a kiss goodnight for me and my husband threatens (laughs) to divorce me and throw little ben in the wood chipper so we don't ask that anymore but it sure was funny the first three or ten times now, Ben's been known to move. Ben has been known to cause some paranormal racket in our house, usually within, and it will always strike me. There's a loud noise or thud or objects falling. It's always some really loud, unexplained noise. And you start walking around the house chasing it down, you know, trying to figure out what. But I'll always have this sense of this is little Ben. Within two to five minutes later, little Ben will fling himself off his windowsill or off the desk or what have you, and he'll be laying on the floor. And I'll, I'll hear it, and I'll go, here he is, here's little Ben. <laughs> so I'm going to little chalk outlines, I think, for Insta. So what are some things that may increase the likelihood that you're going to have activity in your home? We talked about trains. Water, and especially moving water. If your home is sitting nearby a creek, moving creek, even a artificial water feature 
just that it's, those uh, they release negative ions in the air, I yeah. know, and that can be uh, that's really a positive thing on our health. Negative ions are, but I guess that can be a, that can also be a spirit conduit for for energy. Ley lines, perhaps I know, are a big thing. Yes, ley lines, and that is spelled L E Y lines, ley lines. Those are invisible lines of energy between two locations of great spiritual significance. For example, Stonehenge to the... You can't see them. But you can measure them. You can measure them. They carry magnetic energy. Both the electro and the magnetic energy. It's theorized there is an ethmoidal tissue that's behind the beak of a bird, and it allows them to migrate, and it allows them to take the same path as these ley lines in order to migrate from point A to point B during the appropriate season. They've <laughs> also found that humans have trace amounts of this tissue in their ethmoidal sinuses, which you'll find right between the eyes. They don't really understand the significance of those. However, they are present. And there are other environmental issues that could create at least the appearance of a haunting in your house. Any area that is uh, high in the electromagnetic energy, that can be caused by power lines, ungrounded appliances. Had a woman who lived in a house, they had bought this brand new house and it was a parent beam house. The um, wiring underneath it was ungrounded and sitting in water. So just imagine the EMF that was coming up yes. through those floors. And they actually found that she had been sick with EMF-related illness because of the steady flow of EMF in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now, some simple things, such as maybe a tree limb scratching the roof or rodents. Those are some issues that could create the appearance or the feeling of haunting when you can't explain the noises. Mm-hmm. You just need to search it out. Mm-hmm. Another very uh, serious issue is carbon monoxide. If you've got a furnace in your house, if you've got a fireplace, if you've got any type of gas operating in your home, you absolutely need a CO2 detector of this. In my mind, they're more important than smoke alarms because CO2 is invisible. It is odorless. You will not know you have a leak until you have a leak, and you won't discover that leak without a carbon monoxide detector. This uh, type of carbon monoxide poisoning Uh can lead to hallucinations, Uh a shortness of breath, Mm-hmm. and kind of a feeling of doom and and those are issues now certainly it can lead to death as well oh yeah severe. very very often but on a very low level it can cause uh, chaos in people's minds it's personality changes mm-hmm. and, and illness yeah. mm-hmm. i mean that could be something as simple as maybe somebody who has carbon monoxide in their car and they don't realize it so they're just getting exposed to it a little bit at a time, not enough to kill them, but enough to make them sick enough to where they hallucinate. All right, um, maybe we should talk about intelligent versus uh, residual, because the symptoms that you have in your home or the signs of a haunting 
are going to be different sometimes based upon intelligent versus residual. An intelligent haunting is a haunting that might respond to you, that will talk to you over a spirit box or an EVP session. They know you're there. A residual haunting will not react with you. It will appear that it has no, it will take no notice of you at all, that it will go through the motions as it did when it was alive. So it may appear to climb stairs, it may appear to go through walls, just happens to be at the right place at the right time. Some people call it stone tape theory. One of the things that makes you more prone to having a stone tape haunting or a residual haunting is the organic structures around the home during the incident. So uh, you know a little bit about well, uh, stones with a uh, high percentage of quartz, especially, are said to hold this energy. A lot of the historical buildings, especially, had blocks cut from, you know, local quarries, and, mm-hmm. and they were very... Very often used in the construction of Yeah, and, and that would hold some of this energy. But that is one reason I think you see many hauntings of historical buildings. That would make a lot of sense, a lot of sense. You know, also, we said that if there's a, a high emotional charge in the house, it could be caused by mental health issues. It could be caused by drug use in the home or by perhaps adolescents that yes. get very, very tense and wound up. It brings us to another haunting phenomenon called the poltergeist. Poltergeist. Which means the movie. noisy ghosts. <laughs> yeah, I saw the movie. It imprinted my life for a long, long time. The poltergeist is especially harsh if the child who is in the midst of his teenage years going through puberty and all of that crazy stuff is sensitive. If they have the ability to connect, not necessarily be a full-blown medium, but if they're in touch with the other side, you can see some, uh, some pretty crazy stuff. Slamming doors, chairs moving on their own. Things getting pushed around, uh, especially things that are easy to move, then it makes them easy to be a point of manipulation mm-hmm. for that excess energy that they're unconsciously putting off. I mean, nobody's intending to do it. It's just happening because emotion is energy in motion, and it's that huge vibration that just gets thrown out there, and before you know it, your house is spinning. Your TV is talking to you. We've been talking about some of the causes on him, and there are multiple signs you can look for. Unexplained noises and sounds, footsteps when no one's there, either, say, in the attic or upstairs or even down the hall. Voices. Voices. Voices, especially when they're muted, and you can hear them, but you can't quite understand what they're saying. Thumping and knocking tends to be real, real common. I had an incident in my house where I have an office, small office, teeny tiny office. It's really more like a closet or like a half closet that they shoved me in to work. <laughs> so I'm saying send help. Uh, no, there's a little office off of my dining room area that's attached to my living room area. And I remember my husband said goodbye. I heard him walk out the door. 
I never heard him come back in, but it was not long. It was just a few minutes after he left. I mean, I heard him get in his truck and drive off that I heard whistling in my living room, which whistling is something my husband does with nobody home but me. Jason's grandfather whistled quite a bit, and I, I just knew that's who it was. Whistling. You can have flickering lights. When you have telephones that are ringing and there's no one there called you, and that they can happen with cell phones as well as with the, you know, the old-fashioned landlines. Land yeah, calls from the yeah. dead. Yeah. You can have um, TV turning on and off by itself. A radio, perhaps it's not not even before mm -hmm. uh, children's toys. Children's toys are fun. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Turning on by themselves. We've seen and heard of instant. You know, these battery-operated toys would just turn on and play, and there was no battery. And saw a video one time of a, a construction site where they were having a lot of issues. It was some sort of power saw. It was unplugged. And it came on by itself. It's like, how does that happen? I don't know. They're looking for a sign from Osha there. <laughs> no kidding. So can I tell my story about electrical disturbances? And this also fits into the poultry gas phenomenon because I had a, a, a co-worker or a, a, another investigator who was on our team. He also worked for the business. And he was extraordinarily mad at me because I enforced my own rules, which were to always be present for the ghost walk. It doesn't matter a lot, but he was really put out with me. He came in, and there were two walkie-talkies that were sitting on the base. They were turned off, and as he passed by them without saying a word, these things came on, they came to life, both of them, and they started talking back and forth to each other. It was like gibberish. You couldn't really understand. They both started talking, and then they powered off again, and that was it. And at the same time, the lights flickered. <laughs> so it was obviously a very intense poltergeist that was manipulating the equipment there. You may have doors or cabinet doors opening and closing or slamming, and or you may just hear the sound of a door when you know they all have their own particular sound you may hear the door open and close when in fact it did not cabinet doors slamming coming open and standing those mm -hmm. are very common signs of a, of a presence and i've had that experience i had lost a friend uh, just a couple of months before and what most of our good times have been the kitchen mm -hmm. <laughs> you know we her kitchen that's where you know everything goes right not and a couple of months after she uh, passed i came but I would have a cabinet door open, just about two or three inches standing open. But my cabinets all have this uh, self-closing cam, and unless mm -hmm. you leave them wide open, they don't stay open. They close by themselves. Mm -hmm. A medium, actually, that was working with this told get my attention. And then occasionally, along in here, one of the cabinet doors just slam, mm -hmm. slam shut. You know, you can feel it when you mm -hmm. know they were all closed, but... Uh, Actually, one of the facilities that we investigated and that I volunteered in is a historical building. The men's room and his room were on opposite sides mm -hmm. of the, the building downstairs. These were original doors. They were put up in like 1903 and had the crystal doors, as you know. We would hear the men's room mm -hmm. come open, squeak open, and close. Mm -hmm. It found no one was there. 
but that's just an example. Some of the sounds, some of the noise. Okay, and we talked about electrical disturbances. What else do we have on there? Objects disappearing, perhaps reappearing in strange places. That is something that I've heard of a lot, especially when you're at like a construction site and you're just <laughs> using your screwdriver or your drill or whatever, and you put it down beside you, and you turn around and look, and it's gone, and it's on the other side of the room. You find it a few hours later. That can be your car keys, Mm -hmm. uh, any object, hairbrush, anything people are played by. And it's not necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) It could be a trickster spirit. Many people report them being watched when they're in their home. They they just feel like eyes are. I used to feel that way at the office sometimes. It was just felt like somebody was just glaring at me or just watching me and I would look up and look around but yeah it's, it's an eerie feeling to shake sometimes. But given the office that we had there was definitely spirits. Yes. There were definitely spirits watching. And <laughs> I remember spending the night at the Jefferson Hotel mm-hmm. and not believing that there was really such thing as ghosts or that if there was the likelihood of me encountering one would be pretty rare. I uh, laid in bed all night and felt like something stared at me all night. It was the worst night's sleep <laughs> I've ever had in a hotel ever because I felt like I was being watched. Every time I'd open my eyes and I'd want to roll over, I would almost be creeped too creeped out to roll over. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't a believer, but it was that strong of a feeling. Really? So. Well, and people report being touched. Yes. Or the feeling of yeah. being touched. That night, I felt like something kept stroking my arm. I thought it was my husband. I thought it was my husband trying to play a joke on me. Yeah, he claims it wasn't him. <laughs> we have a friend uh, that has a business in an old historic theater. Mm-hmm. And she's very accepting of the spirits there. And the place is very... But she reports hearing her name called from the back of the store. And often, just the sensation of the instructor. Because your hair follicles are so sensitive. So if your hair is being stroked, you're going to feel it. <laughs> there are instances of unusual odors in some places. Sometimes they'll smell smoke um, or like cigar or cigarettes, perfume, perfume that somebody used to wear, things like that. I remember being in a haunted building, and it was during this big event that everybody was kind of crowded into this building. One of the things that they talked about here was the smell of like a musky cologne that the man used to wear. And I was standing by the bathrooms and there was nobody in the bathrooms, but there were several people standing in this hallway with me that I did not know. And here comes this this musky cologne Mm -hmm. out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I remember grabbing the man beside me and sniffing him. And his wife getting very irritated with me. And he's saying, it's not me, it's not me. And I'm like, I can't take your word for it. i got to smell you. <laughs> and then there are the abrupt temperature changes. You may feel like you have walked into or through an extremely cold spot when there's no logical reason for a cold spot to be there. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps a cold spot passes through you. Yes. Uh, and it, it's usually a cold spot. It's usually not a heated or cold that can indicate the president. We theorize that they will use any type of energy, and heat is an energy, yes. pull from 
in order to gain enough energy to try to manifest. So that's why we believe cold spots happen. Is your pet acting strangely? Does he appear to be watching something that's not there? Or is he alarmed by something that he... You know, you may have a room or an area that your pet just doesn't want to go into. into. Mm-hmm. And those that, that may be an end. There's something there. Even if they're not seeing something visual, just the energy that mm-hmm. they manifest. Animals yes. can say that. Yes. At a boxer that uh, was laying on the bed with me one night, the dog would jump up on the bed, and there he was in front of me, and I'm watching TV, and out of my peripheral vision, six feet from the TV, I could see this white mist developing in my threshold, threshold of the bedroom. The dog is alerting, and he's growling at it. And I tried desperately to ignore it because we had just gotten gotten into investigating at that time. And I knew whatever it was wasn't there to harm me. But I was by myself, and it didn't have the bravado then that I do now. And I finally had to ask it to go to go away because if it had just been me, I would have ignored it until it came and sat on my bed and asked me what I wanted for breakfast. But my dog wouldn't let me. The dog would not let me. He was on guard. I also had a client that called. We never did investigate, so I, I can't tell you what kind of conclusion to draw from it. But they had moved into a new house and she had some sort of little dog. And it would go into the kitchen, and it had torn up the flooring because he would incessantly dig at this one location in the kitchen. Not sure why, but he sure wanted to get to what was ever built under that house or whatever was under that house. You're you're very, very sensitive. (laughs) And talking about mist, we could discuss orbs. Yes, orbs, mist. Partial forms, shadow people, shadows. Especially moving shadows. Yes. And shadows can forms or paranormal shadows. They might be cast on a wall. Are they moving? And very seldom does a shadow figure have. People have reported, you know, the classic shadow man or hat man. But that is usually not the case. It's just... Mm-hmm. And and they may not have an exact shape, human, mm-hmm. uh, but they move and they're there. In orbs, in one sense, visual orbs that you're seeing with your own eyes, and orbs in pictures can be two totally different things. So if you're seeing orbs with your own eyes, chances are you've got something lying around your house. <laughs> Very accurate. Photographs, a lot of times, those can be ruled out, and sometimes they're legitimized. But uh, there are a lot of reasons to capture orbs in a photograph, and none of those are parallel. They depend on me and the camera and anything. There are occasions where orbs are a spirit entity. You know, we we talked about all these things like sound being touched and odor that. But the really big symptom of a heart I haven't touched on is action. Yes. The Holy Grail, <laughs> as paranormal investigators call it. We've talked about how we theorize that spirits use various forms of energy, electromagnetic and such, to manifest. Now, they mess with an odor, a sound, or feeling that they're touching you. 
it takes an enormous amount of our a spirit to appear in their arena. Mm-hmm. And then you may you may see a partial not be top of the to the toes, but you may see an apparition. And they can be residual art in Absolutely. And you can tell. Does it pay any attention to you? If not, it's residual. If it does, it's intelligent. Yeah. If you can. Absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes uh, when we see them as shadows, though, they may be appearing to look at us, to yes. observe us, and they may duck away when yeah. you notice them. Because sometimes I think they're just as afraid of us as we are of them. <laughs> they're looking and going, what am I seeing? Brenda and I have experienced seeing the same, what we think is the same spirit on a different night. The same location, different yes. night. She reported having seen just the upper torso and hat ahead of a shadow person found a doorway in a basement while she was in the Terrell Ghost Walk. And she really didn't say anything about that and a couple of ghost walk. And I saw the same thing. It was later when we compared notes that we realized we had both probably the same. That basement was very active. And it was. It and we had other people report to us that they had seen full-figured apparitions yes. in there yes. and shadow people in there as well. Something we didn't talk about when we were talking about the shadows. and Most times, actually, we don't see these with our eyes. When they're occurring, mm-hmm. but when you and these items appear in a photograph, now that's really more common uh, with the shadows and books. Now, every time I feel like I was being watched at the office, I wish I had had the foresight to take out my phone and start snapping Just pictures all over the place. Yeah, because yeah. that is most often when, especially even the shadow shadow figures, you see a shadow was that was not there physically in a succession of shots, your shadow moved through the various shots. Absolutely. Orbs as well. we got a couple signs left. Number one, if they have someone in the house perhaps goes into a certain room or certain area or location of the dwelling and they feel bad, maybe they feel sick to their stomach, maybe they feel sick faint, maybe they feel anxious or depressed or just kind of icky in general, that can definitely be a sign that something's going on haunting-wise. Not necessarily a bad thing, it's just a lot of energy sometimes can make people feel kind of of gross. And also, you will occasionally hear a story of finding odd footprints or finding odd handprints like on a stained mirror after a shower. You don't have any children in the house, but you got children's handprints all over the mirror when you step out of the shower. Or just strange stains in general. Things that, stains that come up and you don't know where they came from. Let me share an experience that we uh, were told about by a, a gentleman that owned a historical building. He was doing remodeling on the second floor. And it was multiple rooms, closed off rooms. He had his table saw set up in one room, and that that's where he did all of the cutting of the lumber that he was using, etc. He only used it, in, you know, and as such, he didn't clean the floor every night when he finished. Uh, there was sawdust, almost mm-hmm. a thick coat of sawdust on the floor. Now, this building was known for having apparition mm-hmm. downstairs at any rate. They saw a cowboy. The uh, the lady especially, cowboy downstairs. Yeah. 
he went up one morning to to start his work remodeling went in with his table saw and there were foots all over in the sawdust however they were very distinct cowboy boots How'd I know that? How'd you know? Cowboy yeah. boots. And we actually have a photograph of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I I remember that that location quite fondly. So how do we make them go away? If we, we've got a haunting, I mean, it's our house, right? We live there now, and whoever did live there maybe doesn't need to be in our space anymore because <laughs> you don't want other people walking around your house. You can't see half the time. So we can tell them to go away. Just speak up verbally, firmly. Don't be angry. Don't be aggressive about aggressive. it. Be polite. But straightforward. Yes. Dude, appreciate the fact that you're here. I know that you're here, but you're freaking my family out. And we live here now. We pay rent or mortgage or whatever. So I'm going to have to ask you to leave us alone. Yes. There you go. Very often it works. Because, you see, often we have found it to be the case. These spirits are, you know, they're basically benign. They're the elderly lady that lived in the house, and she's the one that put that plaid blue wallpaper up in the kitchen off. But very often they're just, yeah, they're not just people alone. on the other side. They're just people. Ghosts are people, too. Now, on occasion, we have encountered instances where a resident uh, may come up with some unexplained bruises or scratches. That can be a signal. So if you can't explain them, and there is a chance that you may have an angry spirit. As well as if you're, the odors you're smelling tend to be odors of sulfur or rot. You need to contact a reputable paranormal team. And they can advise you. They might be able to help you that a paranormal team will be able to identify your haunting and perhaps explain it. Now, as a team, do not get involved in cleansing a space. But there are ways that you do it, and there are also people can contact to help you do that. And that is a whole other podcast. So what are some other things we can do to eliminate what we think is a haunting? I mean, have your your workup done, your own mental health evaluated. It's good for everybody every now and again. If there are signs or symptoms of, you know, someone being depressed in the home or what have you, they're fine away from the home, but they're not good at home. I don't want to get into all of that, to be honest with you, but just rule out the environmental factors uh, yes. first. That's the easy thing. Make sure your appliances are in good work order, that right. you don't have uh, rodents. rodents in the in your right. attic or yeah. in the walls. You don't have drafts in the house that might be causing the doors. You know, the causing cold doors spots. Open and close. Leveling. Make sure the house Leveling. is level. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is something. If you've got a floor that is just off level, mm-hmm. it can create a sense of imbalance yes, like yes. crazy. And the same is true of uh, steps on the stairway. Yeah. A lot of times nice. you'll hear somebody feels like they're being pushed down the steps right about here. Well, you measure that step, and that step is completely off balance compared to the rest of the steps. Yeah, that's in it. Yeah, so it will give you that feeling of being thrust forward. Yes, and if you've recently purchased an antique, or, you know, perhaps picked up that rocking chair, 
someone up the street left by the curb, you might want to repair that house. Yes. Because certainly that could be a street that has a spirit. There are inexpensive meters that you mm-hmm. can pick up at the store, or perhaps an electrician can come uh, check your house for excessive electromagnetic. That would be very common conversations. Perhaps around your electrical box. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's yeah. in, you know, it may be in a closet in your house, in the garage. But it can be putting out a lot. There are things like that that you can get first. Yeah, make sure the wiring's good, the light bulbs are good. All of that stuff is not malfunctioning because of a of an organic. Call a specialist. Have the wiring checked. Because we have we have discovered those very types of uh, problems and that we've gone into investing. Well, we've enjoyed having this little talk with you. We have, as always. I enjoy chatting with my mama and my fellow paranormal investigator. Yes, we have a good time. Mm-hmm. We do have a good time. We work hard though at it. Hey, thank you for listening. Remember, hit subscribe, follow us. We appreciate you guys. Check out the show notes. There will be links to contact us if you have any feedback on this episode. You have questions, comments, suggestions. You want to tell a story of your own. You can find it all in the show notes. You can find out all about us in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. You mean a lot to us because you keep us going. It's always a great day to to talk talk to the dead. Give some love by subscribing to our podcast to make sure you get your weekly paranormal fix. We are delighted that you have joined us today. There's plenty more stories and interviews to come. Remember, it is all.